Now, most of you might think that lube is only for, I don't know, older women who get dry down there or for couples who've been having sex with each other for such a long time that nobody gets excited anymore. But that is not true. Sometimes you need a little bit of extra help. Maybe you're going for one of those marathon sex sessions. Maybe you're doing some anal. Maybe um, you're trying out a new toy. But sometimes you really need lube. But you don't want to go and buy that shitty store-bought drugstore lube that, you know, smells weird, might burn you, gets sticky, is just all around really gross. I've been working in the porn industry for over 20 years, and I got to tell you that performers are very particular about their lube. They know the stuff that works well, and everybody loves this new lube called Woo that I've been bringing to set. It's all organic, it's non-GMO, it's antifungal, it's antibacterial, and it tastes and smells delicious. So trust me, if it works for porn sets, it's going to work perfectly for you at home. So you guys definitely want to try out this new lube called Woo, that's W-O-O. You can go to wooforplay.com to pick up your bottle. And if you enter a discount code HOLLY, you will get 10% off plus free domestic shipping. So that's wooforplay.com, W-O-O. F-O-R-P-L-A-Y.com and enter discount code HOLLY for your special deal. Trust me, you will not regret it. Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new bonus episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered. I officially kick off season two next week, but I'm so excited about this incredible showcase called Abigail, which was written and directed by Caden Cross and stars Abigail Mack, that I just had to get them both in the studio to talk about this incredible movie that they've done. So I have both Caden Cross and Abigail Mack here, and they're going to talk about this really, really beautiful movie that they did for Tushy.com. Now, this is Abigail's first anal showcase, and it is Caden Cross's first big directorial debut for um, a Greg Lansky brand, which is Tushy.com. And it's just this really beautiful, beautiful piece. It looks very mainstream. It's very cinematic. You can tell that they put a lot of money and a lot of work into this. And I feel like it's this moment where you're really seeing the lines blur between mainstream cinema and porn and you're really seeing like these incredibly beautiful porn scenes that look a lot like a real movie. And so I really wanted to have both girls in to talk about that. And they are both here and we are going to discuss everything about this incredible movie, the blood, the sweat, and the tears that they put into this, um, the problems, the issues that they ran into, and the incredibly gratifying moment when the whole thing was wrapped and they saw the incredible results that they achieved. So without further ado, let's welcome Abigail Mack and Caden Cross. Welcome back, everybody, to a 
very special bonus episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered. I wanted to do this episode because I feel like this is a pivotal moment in adult cinema where you're really seeing the lines blur between mainstream movies and adult movies. And I think that this new showcase with Abigail, directed by and written by Caden Cross over here uh, for Tushy, is really... Um, you know, emblematic of that change. And I was just so incredibly impressed by the trailer. And I watched uh, two of the scenes last night. And I just really wanted to have you guys on to talk about this because I just feel like it's it's an important moment in adult cinema, in adult history. I know, saying, right? I'm feeling emotional. I mean, do you, do you recognize like the the gravity and the importance of of what you guys have done? Like, or do you, I don't know. Sometimes when you're in it, it's hard to see it from an outside perspective, the achievement that you've had. I feel like I've been recognizing a moment in time in adult for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I have, for the, I'd say past two years, I've really seen a, a change in, in how aggressively adult is going after a production value. Right. Um, and I feel like the Abigail movie is, you, you know, it's, it's each thing is kind of about doing the thing that came before it. So, right. you know, th- this movie is definitely, it's right at the forefront of, of this change that's taking place for sure. Yeah. How about you, Abigail? I agree. I mean, right when we were just talking about doing this, like sitting at the office and talking to you, I'm like, this is going to be the biggest thing in my career. Yeah. Not only now, but it will be the biggest thing that I ever do. Yeah. So I expected it to be big and it outdid my expectations for sure. Have you guys like already like planned out your cabinet for all your awards for this movie? Like, have you already like designed? Because I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. I was talking to another director about how pissed the other directors are going to be about like the fact that like there's no way that this isn't going to like win movie of the year. I mean, I and hope like that it does, so many accolades, it... and it's it's just it's almost like it's almost unfair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's just so. So last night I I watched two of the scenes because only two of them have been released on mm-hmm. Tushy.com. So everybody, you can go to Tushy.com to go see this. And it was funny because I watched it with my boyfriend and, you know, most people watching like an anal movie with their boyfriend would be, you know, like getting ready to get it on. But I literally sat there with this notepad with all my notes (laughs) and I'm like taking notes on the technical stuff. My boyfriend's like, you know, you should really talk to Caden about the intimacy of how she had this shot and, you know, the floating camera and, and why did she choose to put the light here? And like, I mean, we were like dissecting it. It was really funny. Mm -hmm. Like in such, but you know, it's just uh, as somebody who's been in the industry for 20 years and who grew up around the industry, like it's, it's really an incredibly impressive achievement. And, um, I just hope you guys both know that. Yeah. Well, being on set with Caden is, is completely different than anyone you'll ever work with. Like, you know, we've been in, I've been in for about six years and a lot of times like, okay, let's do pictures. Okay. Let's do this. Let's go Mm -hmm. through it. Let's go through that. It's like, no, it's like, how can we set up the lighting perfectly and how can we get you angled even by the steps I was taking no you need to walk more like this Mm -hmm. or can you do the mood like this I feel like walking onto set was walking into the mood that I was supposed to be creating and it was just far beyond anything I had ever done the production value what you put into it and I think you can elaborate a lot more on that because it was just everything was paying attention to detail and just 
done more than I've ever seen before on an adult film. How many days did it, did it take you guys to shoot this? We were we had 13 filming days okay. in total. It was originally supposed to be, I think, less than that. Yeah. <laughs> less time than that. Um, no, we had 13 days in total, and then the pre-production and, and the post ran even longer than the mm-hmm. film time on both sides. Right. Now, I mean, see, that's the thing, like, and this is why sometimes I get frustrated with some of my clients who will, like, look at mainstream movies and then they'll want me to emulate that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a reason that movies take a year to shoot. Right. You know, yeah. it's like every single one of those shots is very specifically planned out, very specifically lit. I mean, mm-hmm. it'll take you all day to shoot like 30 seconds. It's true. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, finally, I'm, and I'm sure that you guys probably could have used a lot more than 12 days. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what actually I, I was I was just coming from Expos and we were talking right. about that. And I was like, yeah. 13 days, not 12 days. Sorry, 13. <laughs> I don't want to cut you short <laughs> by a day. Don't discount <laughs> a single moment. <laughs> One day is a lot. Um, but yeah, I was, I was talking to Alejandro over at Expos about it because I was like, you know, 13 days sounds like a long time. But yeah. Actually, every single shot at the end of the day, like I would have rather spent 10 times the length. Right. Mm-hmm. Just getting coverage, coverage, coverage and altering details. And right. I mean, I, I think what we did in that amount of time is definitely I'm, – I'm so proud of what we got in the amount of time we got it. But – yeah, like we we could have shot ten times t- ten times that many days. Yeah, and yeah. come out with the same length of footage. Approximately how long was each day? Twelve hours. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's a long day to like most people, but for production, that's kind yeah, of yeah. We standard. stayed on twelve hour days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we only went into overtime one day, and it was like an hour. Yeah. And then, um, so how did you do? Was each sex scene its own day? Um, or did you mix some of that in with some of the dialogue days? For the most part, we kept sex scenes to a day, but but also you know any dialogue in the sex scene, right? Like leading up, yeah, right. Um, so so most of, I mean, I don't think there was a single day where it was just sex. Um, mm-hmm. there, there was always some sort of you know setup in that area, right? Um, and and then anything where the sex wasn't um, in the particular set that we were on, that was right. generally dialogue day. And I, also too, I have to say that um, it must have been really difficult to get those locations. Oh, the locations were the <laughs> yeah. bane of our existence. Yeah, because that's oh honestly God. one of the hardest things in adult. And it's funny because there was only one location that I recognized by the driveway. Yep. When you first drove in, I knew, because I'm shooting there tomorrow, yep. I knew exactly which location that was, but all the rest of them were totally unfamiliar to me. Mm-hmm. And in porn, we generally all shoot at the same locations because there's very few places, first of all, that fit into the typical loca- uh, porno budget. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, we'll let you shoot sex there. Mm-hmm. So that must have been... First First of all, you guys must have really forked out money for those locations. And second of all, negotiating, allowing the homeowners to shoot sex there must have been pretty difficult. Yeah, I mean, like we had one location that I we would not have been allowed in if it the, the girl girl scene. Um, mm-hmm. We only had that location because it was a girl girl scene, right? Like if it suddenly if there's a penis in the mix, oh God forbid. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely places like that that I shoot at that they're okay with girl girl, but the minute there's a guy in there, they're like absolutely not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Um, Okay, so I guess I want to kind of start from the beginning. What? How did this whole movie come about? Was the idea, first and foremost, okay, we want to do a showcase with Abigail, and then they brought you in on it, or was it you wanted to direct something for Lansky, and then you it, picked it Abigail? It began with they wanted to do a showcase around Abigail, and okay. then from my understanding, Abigail, you said, I want a story that is not your typical, oh, teehee. Mm-hmm. You said, I'm a woman, I want a story yep. where I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sat down with Greg and Maz, and 
They're like, I w- well, I was like, I was thinking about doing an anal showcase, and I'm like, let's just sit down and talk about it because I don't want the you know, they do beautiful lighting. I love what they do, but I didn't want the same thing. I mm-hmm. wanted to be different. Like if I'm going to do something, it needs to be so different than anything that's ever been done because mm-hmm. why else do it? Right. And then just a couple of days later, they dropped your name and I was like, please, yes. I'm like, let's please do this because shooting with you with trench coat um, was also so different and so dope and so unique. And I was like, we need to do this. This is what I want. And then luckily you yeah. said yes. <laughs> and so for those of you who don't know, um, Trenchcoat X is Caden's actual like personal website that she directs for and she's won many awards for. So I just want people to know that they should also go check out TrenchcoatX.com as well. Um, so we're, now, had you been t- in talks with Lansky previously about directing for him? Yeah, or- I don't know. What, what, what time was... When in the scope of the past year was your meeting with Lansky? <laughs> um, wow. It was probably, it happened really fast. It was probably a month, a month and a half before we started filming. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was about the same time I was, I, I had just started directing for him and those mm-hmm. scenes had just started releasing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you had already been directing some scenes for him. I had directed a few and they had just been getting the feedback on those scenes. Okay. And then, yeah, he came to me. I don't remember exactly when, but he came to me and he said, you know, would you shoot a a bigger showcase around Abigail Mack? And especially when he told me that you wanted like a story that was not just your typical, I was like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Like, of course, because the first thing that came to mind is what we did for Female of the Species, which was this kind of Bond woman heist character. Yeah. And this was for Trenchcoat. mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. We did a little tiny, it was a tiny vignette, you know, a Mm -hmm. little intro, but she just plays this this woman who's like so deadly with her sexuality mm-hmm. so well that to to let me expand on that the idea yeah. was just so exciting. So now the actual storyline, how was that a collaboration between you guys or was that completely your own idea? That was Caden. I, I I came up with that by by working backwards because when they when they said they wanted to do a showcase and you know she wanted to do something that was bigger than just your you know deer in the headlights thing. Um, I, I, I was like, I, I want to take a showcase beyond just like these are the different ways I have sex because mm-hmm. that's generally what a showcase is. You take a performer and she does different sex acts and then that's the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. There's some like teases. Right. Um, and I was like, no, I want to showcase everything. I want different lighting for everything. She's going to be a different character for everything. She's going to have a different look for everything. Mm-hmm. And then like working backwards, I'm like, okay, well, what sort of person would end up being a different person each time? And you mm-hmm. know, you have your options, multiple personality. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Stuff like that. And I was like, no, it, she plays the heist thing really well. So right. let's make her a con woman of some sort. Okay. So, so now what kind of con woman is having sex with everybody? Well, someone whose tool is sex. And so I, I made her a relationship fixer, and her job is she gets paid to break up these high-profile couples. And she goes in and seduces people, and, you know, she's different look, different name, and she's just playing these people for everything she can to, to get in with them. And it's – she did it really well. Yeah. Really, I mean, really well. Coaching <laughs> with you. Yeah, it was definitely a huge team effort, like – going on there and Caden would be like, well, can you try it this way? Well, let's do it this way. And when she was talking about, oh, I wish we had more time. Like I remember doing takes where I'm like, oh, I feel like I could have done that so much better Mm -hmm. or this or that. But everything was even sitting down and doing the acting class together of actually coaching of how to, you know, do different mannerisms or different Did you take an acting class for this? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, she took the whole script in and worked with an acting coach. Yeah. That's great. And um, just doing it, you know, takes over and over and over Mm -hmm. again where it's like, wow, that one was really good. Like it Mm -hmm. felt real like right. that time so right I, yeah I really like the idea that first of all you took that so professionally that you actually went and took 
acting classes. Yeah, well, the company actually offered it to me. Like, would you want to do this? I'm like, yes, this is incredible. This should always be offered. Right. It's amazing. Right. And I I love the idea that you took the idea of, like, female sexuality and you gave it so many different – like facets and so many different personalities. And so, you know, you didn't just like kind of pigeonhole her into one specific type of woman, but each role that she plays is still very powerful and she's still very much in control. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think that you can see that it's definitely something that was written and directed by a woman because it it really puts like, you know, female sexuality and power at the forefront. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people respond very positively to that, especially now in this, this day and age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I know personally, like regardless of the political climate, like I've just always been obsessed when female sexuality is dangerous. That yes. to me is the hottest thing is when, it, when a woman's sexuality is, is dangerous. Not in the sense that the idea that she's sexual is dangerous, yeah. but mm-hmm. she uses it as a weapon. That is hot to me. I, and I think that that it is dangerous intrinsically, and I think that that is why, you know, the patriarchy has for so many centuries tried to squash it because, mm-hmm. you know, women are very powerful. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, you can go all the way, you know, down this rabbit hole of like how we can create life and all this kind of stuff. And, and I think that, you know, there's been a lot of fear around female sexuality, which is mm-hmm. why women have been repressed for so long. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we're finally kind of coming out of that. Yeah. And it's really starting to show itself. And it's starting to spread its tentacles through through porn now, which, you know, before was always like, it was exploitative of women and it was, you know, like demeaning of women. And now it's like we're forcing people to look at it in a different way mm-hmm. and look at it on a flip side and seeing it as maybe it can be empowering. Maybe yeah. it can be a positive thing. You know, maybe we can use porn to push, um, you know, progressive social conversations Mm -hmm. like who would have thought that that would be a platform for that but you're seeing that more and more now and that for me is really exciting about like this new era of porn yeah you can definitely see in this film too where a lot of um adult film that you watch is sort of a woman lying there pretty much taking it and i hate to say it that way but it is like that Mm -hmm. and this where men and women can watch this and be like, wow, this is a woman doing things that she wants to do. She is in control or letting herself be controlled and really expressing herself like – like a lot of women are just so afraid to do that and mm-hmm. to go there and be like, mm-hmm. no, this is what I want. I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm doing this for myself. Right, you know? right. Yeah, some of my favorite, like two of my favorite moments in the movie, they're similar moments, is is the one where when Mickey's pulling back. Mm-hmm. To me, one of the realest moments mm-hmm. was when he's pulling back and he's saying, Beth, I can't. Yes. And she, like that little, those little bits of interaction right there, oh, I'm obsessed yeah. with those. Yeah. But then, and you haven't seen the, the next the next thing. E- each scene gets better is because we kind of shot in order. Mm-hmm. And we got tighter and better with each thing. So right. By the okay. time we're at the end, like, oh, my God. But yeah. the, the third yeah. scene, I love when when you're pulling Prince in and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah I saw that in the trailer. And, but the, the way it plays out, the way that entire thing plays out, it's so, so, it's one of my favorite sequences. It's mm-hmm. my favorite sequence I've ever shot. It's one of my favorite sequences I've ever seen. Did you have, like, a lot of, like, excited hand clap moments where you were just, like, things were playing out way better than you expected it to? Yeah, th- th- there were... I, I hope BTS didn't get because I do this really dorky thing where like fist pump, <laughs> and I'm like standing behind the monitor. I'm like yes. <laughs> so I do that really dork. I hope BTS didn't catch that. I hope they, they, they did. caught they everything. Didn't. Did he? They caught everything. Oh. Um, I, yeah, I do this dorky fist pump. But yeah, th- there were moments where I'm like yes. Um, it, yeah, it just you get really caught up. Yeah, and, and you ride the waves, and there, there's elation, and there's despair. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> But yeah, when we when we would get a moment just right, like that Mickey moment for me was, 
oh, that's exactly why I wanted Mickey was because he, mm-hmm. I knew he would do, I knew you would do it. Like the, the whole thing was written to you. I knew you'd do it, but that, that's why I wanted Mickey is he does that, that, oh, that tormented yeah. Yeah. thing so well. And you just felt the, the push and the pull right there. You felt him being torn in half and it right. was so, so fun. Yeah. I, I want to ask why, cause I haven't seen any scenes that he performs and I'm, I'm assuming there are going to be cause he's such a strong performer. But um, why did you choose um, – how the fuck am I spacing on his goddamn name now? Mickey Maud? No. Marcus Dupree? Yes. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. Like who? Fucking hell. Marcus Dupree. So why did you choose Marcus Dupree as like her partner in crime? I I have been using Marcus in a lot of trench coat stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love his natural action mm-hmm. once you give him – a box for who he's being. Yeah. He, you know, I, I mean, he's got an accent. And I think a lot of people just hear the accent and immediately mm-hmm. think, oh, that's not, we, we can't work with that right. acting thing. But the accent has nothing to do with his ability to act. It's mm-hmm. just because he's from Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you tell him who he is, this guy, it's like he puts on a cloak and it doesn't come off. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that I can throw him in there. I can tell him this is his motivation. Mm-hmm. And he's he's as obsessive as Abigail about getting it right. Like right. he will make you do 20 more takes until mm-hmm. he feels like he got it. And he's just he just picks up these mannerisms. I don't think he realizes he does it, mm-hmm. but he just has these little mannerisms and ways of being once you tell him who he is and why he's there. Right. And he just, it's so natural. And yeah. so I, I knew that if we gave him a big role, first of all, he'd, he'd do the best he could possibly do with it, which he did. Right. Um, but I also know how to get the acting out of him that I want. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted someone, I, I didn't want to feel like it was like a comedic love story. You know, it's not right. a rom-com. It's, it's, yeah. it's more of a, a real life story. Like when, mm. when we hear, her reason for being as is, is this lays out, like it's, it doesn't pull punches. It's not like, Oh, there's fucking hope at the end of the rainbow. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's, she's very flat about, about what she believes in. And so I didn't want a character who, you know, wins her with charm right, you know? right, right. or wins her with being, you know, like Chris Pratt. Like that's not, yeah. I, I wanted someone who was, you know, cold and sort of on her level and and he plays that so well right so that you know when they do come together it's believable it's not like oh all girls are eventually won over by the you know the guy with the the cute smile right right um you you find the person who fits with you right and he fits with with her character in the movie kind of like makes me think of like i don't know if you've ever read um weathering heights but the whole like romance between heathcliff and Catherine, and they're just like these two completely fucked up characters and there's yeah yeah and there's like nothing like uh, really redeeming about e- either one of them, mm-hmm. but they're just perfect for each other in this kind of sick, obsessive way that yeah. you can't help but root for them. I at love the end. that. Yeah, yeah. They fill they're each like other's my... holes right. Exactly, exactly. But like, uh, they're just they're both kind of horrible people. But like together, they yeah. but they they were, they were meant to be together, and it's yeah. like you you just you really like want that union to happen. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's strange. Yeah. Um. So in terms of the crew. Did you work with a professional, like, mainstream crew, um, or did for, you work for with the people? Most in, yeah, we, for the most part. Yeah, we blended um, some of Lansky's regular crew mm-hmm. and then the crew I've been using for Trenchcoat, which is a, a mainstream crew. Okay. So you're, you had a DP? 
Yes. Yeah, the same DP who did Sacrosanct for me and Sunlit and everything that I've been doing for Trenchcoat, I brought him on. Okay. Yeah, he's my DP and cinematographer, and he's just fantastic. I love him. It's amazing. Yeah, What? okay, so what camera did you guys shoot on? We shot on the Alexa for this. I fucking knew it! (laughs) Sorry. I was debating that last night when I was watching it with my boyfriend. I was like, I can tell that they shot on the Aria Alexa. I'm like, because look at, like, the dynamic range, and you see her walk through the shadows into the sunlight, and there's not, like, a crazy amount of contrast, and Mm -hmm. you can, like, shoot really wide open you can pull in this flare but you can still see detail in the shadows such a, I was nerding the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I mean was it on a steady cam as well we had steady cam for a lot of it mm-hmm. we went handheld for all of uh, all of our sex shots um, so so the, that was not steady cam that was handheld yeah we, we only steady cammed the, the really big like, sequences that had no cuts right I mean in, in our edits sometimes we, we cut them just to make it punchier but we had you had a very long sequence at the beginning of the first sex scene. Wait till you see the sequence on the next one. Oh, that, oh wow. Oh, it's so good. Not only is... <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. Just my wait. Favorite. Just wait. Okay. Because the, the, the movie does get better because we got better as we right. were going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wait. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. But no, we had a, we had a, long, uh, a long sequence in the second scene that just released. Um, and the first one, that was, that was all it. So we didn't use Steadicam for the first setup. Uh, but yeah, we had a long sequence there. And that, that was... Really, more for fun. Mm-hmm. The sequence that we use in the next one is Ugh. very effective. Mm. Yeah, I'm. So it, it's. <laughs> we got we got lucky. We we really did get lucky because it's such a grand undertaking. The fact that we got it mm-hmm. in in a day is. Yeah, we got lucky. Well, that location, I was fist pumping. Yeah. <laughs> that location we had to be out. Of, we what, had to be out at yeah because it was yeah. an active. It was a working strip club, yeah. and so uh, we had to be out. Yeah. And um, you know, we had a sex scene that day as well. Yep. On top of so every everything related to the strip club day, right. including you know leading up to and through the sex scene was mm-hmm. shot in one day. Just yeah, keep that right. in mind when you With watch a it. With okay. it was shot in one day. <laughs> oh it was shot God. in twelve hours. Did you, were you like okay? So when I have a heart out as a on a location, I am stressing the fuck out. It's all the worst. Day. It's yeah. the worst. It's like my anxiety is just like at top level yeah. and I'm just totally freaking out and no one gets to sit down at all. Yeah. Like no lunch breaks. I'm like, move, 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 move. So that must have been super stressful. It was super stressful. Like like we we I had, you know, my phone open so I could see the time as I'm deciding whether to call another another take. Yeah. It was very stressful. Yeah. But we got it. And it we got it, got it. It wasn't like, ah, oh, this is the best of the takes. Like, right. We got it. Yeah. yeah. And when I saw that, cause, you know, because you think you got it and then you check the editing bay and then you you see the, the clip play and you're like, oh, we did get it. Yeah. <laughs> I fist pumped again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was your, because um, I, I noticed that the sex scenes were definitely shot differently than a lot of the standard porno sex scenes where you have an establishing wide and then you have a close cam that kind of floats. Like you, it seemed, did you only have one camera for the, mm-hmm. I know you had two cameras for the second scene, but for the first sex scene, did you only have one camera? We had, we, so we had a camera that was running BTS on the entire movie. Okay. And we threw him into grabbing a soft core. And I so, was also going to ask if you guys were shooting soft core Yeah. As well. So, so on the second scene, there were some shots where the soft core made a lot of sense to take the cut, mm-hmm. but I think that's the only scene where we use soft core, mm-hmm. uh, soft core coverage. Okay. I, I think everything else is just one camera edits. Okay. Um, so yeah, we we shot handheld on the Alexa, mm-hmm. and I, I I just I can't shoot tripod sex. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. Right. I, I feel like the the movement of the camera lends to the, the feeling that there's like intensity and passion. Right. And I feel like the steadiness of a tripod shot feels flat. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I would not shoot porn if I had to shoot on a tripod for the sex. I just I I get bored by it, and right. I feel like I'm making something bad. And I feel right. like it doesn't matter what performer you put into that scene. I just don't like it. Yeah, but it takes a lot of skill to be able to do one camera handheld. Oh yeah, yeah, and and also too just with it was very close as well, mm-hmm. and the shifting in the focus. There was a lot of focus shift. I noticed, um, you know, like. Uh, from not just, you know, from the genitals back to the face, back yeah, to the genitals. Yeah, so, so I had someone pulling focus and he was with me. So I, right. you know, like, okay. it, it's hard because in a tushy scene, they're so obsessed with the butthole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when you have women who look like Abigail, like, you want to also see your face. So it's like, all right, stand. No, 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 go to her face. No, come to the butthole. No, go, and to, I, go to her face. <laughs> I, and I can understand, too. I think as a woman, like, we're kind of more interested in facial expression. Yeah. Like, just genitals yeah. to me is just genitals. It's, like, yeah, there's something so very flat technical. and static. Yeah. about that mm-hmm. um, I think the real excitement of the scene is watching the expressions of the performers because that really draws you in and and it makes it feel so much more intimate yeah mm-hmm. and you shot like really wide open at least on that first sex scene I noticed that yeah yeah no we I mean the first sex scene the first sex scene has been controversial. It has been. <laughs> I loved it. I love it. I set my alarm and I watched it at 1030 when released it. and I was ecstatic. I, I thought it was it. great. My boyfriend, lo- he, the whole time he was like, this is shot amazing. And like, so I'm beautiful. watching Showtime right now is what I thought. Yeah. Like, yeah. With amazing sex. And, and also too, I know, I mean, how did you light that? So we had one very, very, very large light outside uh-huh. um, that was just above, so you didn't... I, I mean, in a couple shots, I think you even could catch the light, but it was mostly uh-huh. flares we were seeing coming through. Yeah, from, so um, from behind them? Outside, from behind. Okay, yes. yes. And then we were we used the practical lighting of the uh, the overhead stove light yeah. and, you know, little little things like that. Um, and we should have we should have probably used a sea light on the butt sex, but honestly, I prefer the way we went. Yeah, yeah, because like you said, yeah. it would have looked like there was a flashlight in the scene. Yeah, yeah. no, in I, my opinion, I wanted that moonlight again. Right. Like we come back to the original intention. Every everything is different sex, different mm-hmm. look, different motive, right? Different light, right? And so you know, we we opened on moonlight, and then you know, we go to we go to afternoon sunlight, and then we're gonna go to uh, basically kind of shifting of daylight um in the parking garage and mm-hmm. then you know so we're all over the place but yeah we that that was definitely the scene that some of the more hardcore anal fans are like we don't see enough and i'm like well you're blind yeah. <laughs> but they just want to see like bright anal gaping yeah. yeah 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 and they want to see what they expect to see mm-hmm. yeah what when you release something that's different and cutting edge is always going to be controversial right always. but always. i fucking i love i think that's one of the most beautiful scenes so you Me guys too. didn't use a front light at all Mm-mm. that yeah because i noticed i'm like this is there was no like sourcey front light because no. when you did like those kinds of those wraparound shots i mean because you really went all around um you didn't see like like those harsh shadows at all, it all kind of blended together, yeah. and so you know I could kind of tell that there wasn't like a strong. Yeah, front well, you, you can light. tell. Like my favorite favorite hardcore hardcore shot of that scene is Mickey's on the table, and it's when it right you lean down to go to the blowjob, mm-hmm. and the light is wrapping so much that it's even wrapping around to the front here, mm-hmm. and you see every vein and every detail, and then she goes down, and it's like it looks like you're looking at something that was carved. Mm. It's so gorgeous yeah. to me. I, I fucking love it. I love it so much. I feel like the spit was even like sparkling in the mm-hmm. scene. Like, it was yes. just yes. all just very magical. I'm like, oh, this looks so yeah. good. Yeah, I loved it. So, um, so you were working. Okay, so you got to work with your 
crew. Mm-hmm. So you had people there that you knew yeah. and that you were like trusted. So that felt comfortable. Right. Because I wasn't sure if you had like brought in, because it was so, and I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen this a lot of stuff that you've shot for Trenchcoat, but it looked very much like mainstream. So I was thinking like, God, did they bring in a mainstream crew to shoot this? What was that like for you working with people that you didn't know, but it sounds like you were. Yeah, no, I know my crew very well. I, I only work with my, my crew in terms of, um, his stage name is Winston Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he does. He's he's my DP and my cinematographer, mm-hmm. and then he has uh, an assistant that he works with who is on almost everything I do. You know, sometimes there's like availability issues with scheduling, mm-hmm. but um, I always use him. And then Greg Lansky has his particular people that he loves. Like we mm-hmm. used my uh, my sound tech for most of it, mm-hmm. with uh, some exceptions on you know again availability. Yeah. And then what about um, so what about the actual sex was the was it very organic in terms of like the positions that you got you were able to do or did you like structure out you're like okay I need this this and this because it's anal and we need to make sure that we see these specific positions like how much freedom did you have in the actual sex scenes Well I asked Caden first I'm like what do they want to see what's going to do the best you mm-hmm. know what do people want to see but once we got into the scene it was kind of just like because Kane's always like, just do what you want to do, you know, mm-hmm. just make it, you know, passionate, hot, you know, just be real. And I feel like once we did get into the scene, it was just like, no one said, oh, do this more, do that. They're like, no, just keep going. Like, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, yeah. My, my adjustments tend to be like, I need you to move this, move your leg this yeah. way. Or, right. Like, let the light through. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that, that tends to be my biggest adjustment. Yeah. Um, and Abigail, I mean, you don't need to say much with her. Like other performers, mm-hmm. you have to add a little more. But right. Uh, yeah, with Abigail, it's, it's very easy. So I don't even know that I had to even tell you to adjust for the most part. You tend to understand where the light source is. Yeah, for me, I just wanted it to be just the best sex scene we could possibly get. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, it was. It felt very organic to me, and I just wanted it to be very passionate and raw, I guess. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there a particular scene that was your favorite? <sighs> That's really I, I have them like they're my favorites in different parts. Like the DP is like was probably the hardest one. Like I feel like with the the first scene was amazing because I feel like I really connected with Mickey. Mm-hmm. Almost where like, oh I could see like in another lifetime I would have dated you. Almost mm-hmm. like he's like that guy where mm-hmm. he's just so sweet and sensitive. Mm-hmm. And then with the DP, it's almost like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this until it crescendoed in the fuck me harder. You know, mm-hmm. it became like this almost like sexual liberation scene yeah. where it's like I never thought my body would be able to yeah. handle this. And then the scene with Kissa is just like we have such chemistry. And mm-hmm. the, that's my favorite lighting. The that scene, is The, the scene ugh. with Kissa I think is – gonna really I think it's gonna be the one that the most people agree is is just amazing on all angles I think each one has strengths from from certain perspectives Mm -hmm. but the the scene with Kessa yeah first of all the lighting is insane we Mm -hmm. had just bars of light because we we put our big fake sun up again Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and we had we had the the fog in the air and you Mm -hmm. just see these shafts of light that look like fucking heaven opened up behind them it did is that the only girl girl scene Yeah. yeah okay yeah, when I saw in the trailer, my heart literally just fell into my stomach. I went, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, this is so epic. And then working with Lena and Mick was just like, that was the scene where I was in and I'm like, I can do this. I'm going to rock this out. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so, it feels so natural. It feels mm-hmm. like we're just here. It's not even work. We're just having a good time. And then, I don't know, I think the most 
intense scene for me was probably the Marcus scene. Oh, yeah. The Marcus scene was extremely intense. Yeah, where it's like me and Marcus, he's the kind of – he's like me where I'm such a perfectionist. I want things to be the best it possibly can be. Mm-hmm. He's the same. He mm-hmm. wants it to be better. How can we do this better? How can we make it more intense? And we do – we've worked together before in just our physical attraction to each other. Like how long did that scene even go? That scene went and went. It, it, it went straight through, though. That was what was great about it. But it like, was so long. We just it was kept a going. Long scene. It was a long scene, and it went around a lot of places. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that scene had some. It laid some miles down. Yeah, it's like with Marcus, like it wasn't like, oh, we need five positions. Okay, we've well, done this for five minutes. Now cut. Now go. Yeah. It's like we're gonna fuck over here. It's like, oh no, let's go fuck over here. And then we're like on the table, and then we're back on the couch. Then we were standing. Then we were just. It felt like an hour had gone by. I'm like, oh, are we done? You're like, we have enough time. You can, we're done. Like, Any time now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but so it just felt like, and I wasn't in pain. I didn't want it to stop. It just felt, you yeah, know, it was, just It was very right. rough. Yeah, and it, it yeah. was a great way to, to end the movie because, you know, we'd been building this very slow attraction throughout, right. you know, the four scenes prior. Yeah. Right. So it was it was a nice but, yeah. crescendo. That might be my favorite. I don't know. It's hard to pick it's, a favorite. It's very hard to pick a I'll favorite. I'll tell you once I see all of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I haven't seen them all either. I've only seen the first two. Me so too. So I'm just like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. I want to see the other ones. I, I have know. to say I love that part in the second scene, the threesome um, with uh, Lena and Mick, where Mick's wife sees you guys through the window mm-hmm. and like you obviously purposely led them to that corner so that she would see and then Lena and Mick like go back into the bedroom. That look she gives And back. the look that the you look. give. Oh <laughs> my look. God. That yeah. was like the perfect look. I was yeah. like, that's an she coached. She coached all my looks I love that fucking look. Yeah, yeah that was that a great look. That look was in the trailer. That, yeah. Look, yeah. that look. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. Gosh, that was like the look the of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely, yeah. I feel like that was one of the most powerful moments, mm-hmm. especially when you... Um, you know, combined it with that line about how she believes all relationships are insidious. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a very powerful moment yeah. for yeah. sure. It was a lot of powerful moments. I still think of when Anna walks in the kitchen and she's like, did you fuck her? Yes. And her face, I was like... Her face was really <gasps> wow. incredible. Anna like, very expressive. was an amazing oh, actor. Wait till you so see, because she comes back, her character comes back. I actually saw her in um, in the movie that uh, that uh, Eli Cross did, the mainstream movie, Dimuendo, Dismuendo. I can never pronounce that goddamn movie name. But anyways, I went to the premiere and I saw it and she was in it. Mm-hmm. And she was great. She yeah, was she's really a great, great actress. Great I saw her in Tangerine. Um, but, but yeah, she comes back and she's just... She's she, amazing. She's our, she's She ends up being very funny. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, stay... <laughs> she's really great. Like, yeah. We, when we were doing the edits on that, like every time we go through that scene, I, I burst out laughing. She's just so like naturally, like yeah, she's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Did you have um, complete and total control over the characters in the movie? Or? I did, for better or for worse. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, everyone just adores it at the end. But yeah, we did uh, we did castings, and for almost every role, not almost. I mean, we, we brought in mainstream actors for the bigger roles mm-hmm. um, that weren't sex. Right. Um, so, because originally I wanted to have Anna actually go into an oral thing, but I was afraid that that could get us out of the showcase category mm-hmm. if we have any other sex act with someone else. So, okay, we wrote it out. But um, yeah, for for any role that was just straight, there, you're not there for the sex, during the sex, part of the sex, touching genitals. Right. I, I cast actors, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a really, really, really strong guy in the Christian role. So good, so good. I love <sighs> so good. the dynamic between them. Like it's just. You can like you want to like pop it with a pin. It's just there's so much tension in this is, bubble. Who's a Christian role? Has he showed up already? Um, 
he was passing out the money. Okay, so that's what I thought. He's the guy. But he's about he's to show up a the lot. Boss. Okay, yeah. he's like the boss. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought that that might have been who. Yeah, you their were dynamic about. is just so hot. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. love their dynamic. And then we brought in an actor to play the Jake role. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw him already in the flashbacks, but he comes back some more as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, I got to say that one scene where um, the Hannah story, mm-hmm. where Romy sticks a curling iron and her oh. boyfriend's. Uh, who's was that your idea? Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit, girl! I was like, I mean, that made me cringe. I was like, that's some fucked up shit. Yeah. Like, Caden must have come up with that. <laughs> and Romy's face when she like looks and plucks yeah. it, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, she so would do good. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally do it. Yes. So yeah, I love that. Um, so did you get, did Lancey give you like a ton of creative freedom with this? He just let me go. Like, honestly, when I wrote the script, I was expecting that they'd come back and be like, okay, well, let's work on this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come back and it'd be a negotiating party for a few weeks. And they just said, all right, let's book it. Um, yeah. Which I, I didn't think the curling iron would make the cut. I really didn't. When I wrote that in, I was kind of snickering like, hee hee, he's going to tell me to get rid yeah. of this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's and then almost when like he didn't. I was like, <laughs> you ever? You know, it's funny because I've uh, I've talked to you know other people that I've talked to that um, like work in mainstream and and write scripts or even like business. Like they'll put in stuff that they know that like the bosses will want to take right. out only so because sometimes people just want to have a say mm-hmm. and they want to like adjust things just to like show that they have they some kind of power and so you'll actually throw things in there that you expect them to take out. Um, did you? Do any well, of that? I, I that- didn't want to take it out. It's right. not like I didn't like I, I was excited about it. Mm-hmm. I just I put it in like kind of telling myself, listen, don't get your hopes up. Yeah, they might take this out. <laughs> it's tushy. You can't you can't go to a, a, a site that's butt sex Actually, and then you- singe an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny? I didn't think about it in that context, but that totally makes sense. Like, that sense. was yeah. what was going through my head. Like, yeah. they're going to tell me I'm crazy. Because a, a guy goes, like, you know, he's expecting to, like, jerk off and get really hard about this mm-hmm. anal movie, then all of a sudden his dick shrinks back yeah. up inside him because he imagines his asshole getting burned. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, Abigail, for you, because this is obviously, like, a big undertaking, um, both mentally and physically, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's an anal showcase, mm-hmm. so, and anal is a very taxing kind of scene to do, and every it single is, one of them yeah. are, is anal, and your first DP, mm-hmm. um, so how was it for you, because you, I think we were talking about before we started, you had to, like, do a juice fast the whole time. I didn't do a juice fast the whole time, but I did a juice fast for a while, just because I didn't know, like, I had never done anal on camera before, yes, I've done it in my personal life but I just wanted to make sure that everything would go smoothly and I wouldn't have to be in and out of the bathroom or whatever mm-hmm. um, but it went surprisingly well um, yeah there, there, there were like, no catastrophes no, yeah. yeah nothing crazy happened you know I mean I had to cut a few times so I was like whoa you guys but yeah, um, yeah I practiced a lot at home with my man mm-hmm. and so he was kind of holding my hand through like hey you're gonna have to do this and this so we have to do it at home First, to get you used to Perks it. Perks of being a yeah, right? <laughs> Oh, man. And then I also am friends with Adriana Chechik. And mm-hmm. she is such a sweetheart and was giving me all these tips and, like, kind of, hey, how are you feeling? And She's even like after, the Wikipedia of anal She is. <laughs> and, um, you know, just telling me, like, all the things you shouldn't shouldn't do. And right. the, stre- the, the thing that helped me most is the stretching. And so just, yeah. like, 20 minutes before putting a plug in and taking it out, made the biggest difference for yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. So the only really scene that was like the hardest on my body was the DP scene. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be hard on anyone's body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, 
I, I also didn't give you an easy setup. <laughs> yeah, isn't it in the she back had, of a pickup truck it's, it's or something like that? Truck. She's wow. in a fucking pickup truck. Yeah. You are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. gave her a challenge, that's for sure. <laughs> but I was with Jax and then I was with Prince, who Prince the entire time was like, you're my hero. You got this. Don't worry about it. We're going to take great. Amazing. Yeah. Coach you Prince. Know? <laughs> Whereas I told him, like, he really held me that scene. Like, when I thought, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. He's like, no, nah, you got this. It's totally fine. This is so dope. Just keep going. Like, whatever you need. Like, you need a break, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, after that, I tweeted, I'm like, you're my hero. It, like, yeah. And it's a great scene. It, it is. It, it's not It's not a passive DP. I no. Guess. <laughs> you know, a lot of DPs, you, you can tell they're just, like, trying not to move. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Abigail's in it. Yeah. Like, counting the seconds till it's over. Right. Yeah. It, I got to a place where I'm like, oh, I'm not sure, to where it's like, fuck me harder. Is that all you got? You better give it to me more. Yeah. You know? So it really just, like... At first, I was like, I don't know, until just I hit that spot and it just went, let's fucking do it. Yeah. Excuse my language. That, that's quite all right. Okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> We've been talking about, like, anal fucking the whole time. I know, you can totally, totally swear. Like, it's I don't not a problem. Be crass. <laughs> so, um, speaking of uh, the what you were saying about your boyfriend, so how was Zach with this whole thing? Because I remember before when yeah. you came on my podcast, we talked about how, you know, sometimes you doing boy girl, like, created a little bit of stress in your relationship. For sure. And um, this is. A, this is an anal showcase. You're mm-hmm. doing anal with a bunch of guys yeah. and a DP. And, mm-hmm. like, how did you guys handle that on a personal level? Yeah, well, I mean, um, he knows Greg and he knows everybody. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we've been all friends for a long time now. And he's like, is this something that you want to do? It's like, yes, this is the highlight of my career. It's something that I've, I want to do, especially with this company and this scenario. And he's like, okay, well... He took it as, I'm going to be 100% supportive. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, we're going to practice. We're going to get you ready. He went to uh, Cafe Gratitude, got me juice every day. Uh-huh. And like, so he took that role as, do you need dinner? What do you need? You know, let's go to the infrared sauna. Let's do this and that. And he just kind of took like, I'll take care of you and support you. And that's it. So that's amazing. And that's something that is so hard to find in a guy, especially, you know, with with a girl having sex with other other men, you know, so mm-hmm. many men don't have that that kind of personal security that they could really yeah. support you in mm-hmm. that role. Yeah, and I think that that I would imagine that for you that probably solidified him as being the right partner for you. Oh, for sure, even more so, even more so. And like when I started doing boy girl in the mm-hmm. industry, he was the same way. It, there was a little bit more animosity because I'd never done boy girl on right. camera before. But it's like he's always just been so supportive yeah. of what I wanted to do. And he's always wanted to, you know, if you're going to do this, let's do it the right way. Right. You know, so. Um, right. Yeah, I couldn't have asked for anyone better in my life. He's my he's my rock. He's my everything. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so um, I have, so were there any, like, huge catastrophes or any, like, funny stories from the movie that you guys? I mean, the only catastrophes were location. Yeah. <laughs> location, location. location. Location, mm-hmm. location. It's always location. Location, location. It's always location. So do you have, like, people pull out the last minute and you just scramble for yeah. another one? In fact, that that's why you recognize the driveway you recognize. I called that location. We were in the car driving, getting the driving shots, and mm-hmm. we lost our location, and I needed, because we only had the car that day, I needed to park the car. Yeah. I needed to see her get out, and so I called that location while we were driving towards it. Wow. And said, I just need your driveway for 40 minutes, It's at, right as the sun's going down, please. Wow. And, uh, and then, you know, they, they obviously let us, but yeah, locations, I mean, the entire engagement party sequence, which is a monster, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, I think... I think it's the one that turned out 
technically the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the very last thing we shot because we lost the location mm-hmm. that we originally had in the middle of the shoot. The um, very first day. Uh, well, that was the hotel. We lost we lost a few locations. Okay, but the engagement party we had we had that booked. Um, Can I ask you like why you lost the locations? We lost one location because the homeowner got got nervous about uh, the. She didn't want to tell the HOA, and we were like, we have to pull a permit. Yeah, like the amount of extras we had coming, you can't not. You yeah, you so don't want ma- like the cops showing up. We had up twenty and sh- extras on shutting multiple days. down your shoot. Yeah, so we had to pull a permit, and she didn't want to have to go to HOA to pull the permit, or, mm-hmm. or you have to somehow have HOA sign off in order. To, she was in a I've, community. Yeah, I've I've dealt with that. So before. so basically, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and we're coming up on the shoot, and like two days before, we don't have a location because yeah. the owner, the homeowner, won't work with us on on the permit. Um, we had another one where just everything went to shit. Like we, within 15 minutes of arriving, the location was, was done. It was just done. It was not working. It would not work. It was not going to work. Mm-hmm. Was um, the homeowner difficult or it just wasn't what you expected? Everything. All the things. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was my first anal scene. Yeah, so I was came the, prepped. Yeah, she then, came prepped. Yeah, she was like sitting in the makeup chair. We're like, should we do makeup? <laughs> like, so you guys had to cancel that whole day. Well, we yeah. ended. That's we ended up being uh, driving shots in the driveway. Like we had the driving shots scheduled for that day, mm-hmm. but we didn't have a physical location for that day. So we went off. We got our driving shots. Uh, we got our driveway shot mm-hmm. uh, that you saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we just got a ton of pictures also because, yeah. you know, we didn't have a, a space and we had to go make a new space. And that was that was unfortunate because that was the hotel sequence that you saw mm-hmm. in the second scene, which obviously there's a lot that goes into making a hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell you guys did a lot of set dressing. Yeah, we had to. make to. that look I mean, like you, a hotel. You can't rent out a hotel for an adult shoot. No. Mm-hmm. You have to make a hotel. Yeah. So, um, which looked amazing. It, I thought like you did a, a great job. It turned yeah. into a hotel. Yeah, yeah, we did it. You brought in those little like uh, green bushes, mm-hmm. right? That like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could tell. Yeah. I mean, just because I know, because I've yeah. been to like those um, prop places where yeah. I've seen those. Mm-hmm. So, like, I rec- you know what I mean? Like, just from a, um, I think that you played it off as a hotel incredibly well. Thank I think you. that the, the average viewer would know. Mm-hmm. But me, just being in the industry, knowing that you can't get a hotel, yeah. like, knowing that that would have been impossible, that you would have had to dress one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I could I could see all the little details that you guys put into making it look like Did a hotel. Did you see the water bottles? Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> totally. 100% notice the water bottles. That was one of the things. I was like, damn, attention to detail. I'm like, look at those water bottles. Look they have the label on and everything. We, everything. we named it Hotel Mate because the art director was named Matt. And he said, what's the hotel called? I love Matt. that. That's great. <laughs> That's cute. Okay, so I have a bunch of fan questions for you guys. Um, Carlos Bravo wanted to ask, um, as a big budget production as this is, is there a project or film either of them would want to produce or create that they think could or would never get made because of funding? In other words, is the current state of production limit your creative dreams and aspirations? I'm, I'm a very green director. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm very new. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know that I'm even aware of the pos- the options available to me. I mean, right. I, like, I, I'm not thinking of stuff where there's great CGI or special effects right. or any of that. I, 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 I tend to not enjoy that stuff anyway. I tend, you seem to be more like a story-driven kind of director. I like independent movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very story-driven. I prefer to read than watch the like. 
I think Michael Bay movies are the worst things in the world. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like... I'm not Though impressed by... I will by say it. one thing that you guys have in common, you use a lot of... No, that's J.J. Abrams. It was J.J. Abrams. You use a lot of flair. I love flair. I know. Oh, I my God, I love flair. I noticed that. I love flair. A lot of... Does Michael Bay use a lot of flair, too? He uses a lot of explosions. Yeah, explosions. Lot of, okay, I think I'm, I got him confused. J.J. Abrams, Abrams loves flair. J.J. Abrams does loves use a flair. lot of flair. Yeah, yeah. Yes. flair. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. do that all day long. Flair and, and then unspoken looks. Mm-hmm. I could do a whole movie with flair and... Un- I did. Sunlit. <laughs> <laughs> flair and unspoken looks. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely prefer, like, j- just relatable stories. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's relatable to, you know, come across a Transformer. <laughs> but I almost feel like this movie is probably something that I think most people would think would be impossible because of funding. I mean, I'm not going to ask you how much money you spent on this movie, but I would imagine it was a fuck ton. It, it was very expensive. Yeah. I mean, but but also... Yeah. <laughs> we, I could tell. Yeah. With more... With more pre-production time, mm-hmm. we could have we could have done it. You know, obviously cheaper. We could have saved money if mm-hmm. if we had had a lot more length of length or foresight. Yeah. I, I don't know. If we'd been shooting it right now, for example, and started planning back when we were planning, mm-hmm. there, there are things we could have executed just more cheaply. It just right. would have happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the, the production triangle: there's time, there's money, and then there's quality. And what about and energy? Could, what about energy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it was very expensive. Could we have have done it more cheaply? Yes, that still would have been out of range from us studios. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. I mean, first of all, spending thirteen days uh, shooting a movie. How many scenes are in the movie? Five. Five. Mm-hmm. Shooting um, a movie is insane. Um, it's actually funny because um, I've been in talks with a certain company about shooting for them. And there is another director that shoots for them that shoots a five-scene movie, softcore and hard, in two motherfucking days. And he's like, yeah, you can totally do it. I'm like, no, know exactly no you know what I'm talking about. about. I'm like, no, I can't. And so I'm like, yeah, I, so be there for 30, I, 30 hours. Yeah, so I pitched three days, which to me still feels impossible. Right. But like, the, there's What's the no quality of content. There's no budget. What's the quality of it's scenes gonna, that you're going to get gonna in be, It's going to be what you're going to get in a two-day yeah, budget. Yeah. And see, I, I feel like one of the things that I, I've definitely learned, I, I learned it with trench coat, and mm-hmm. I've brought it, it's the most valuable thing, for me anyway, is you have to keep your people around who are good, and you're not going to keep them around if you push them past past a limit. Mm-hmm. I totally to agree me, with you. To me, 12 hours is... It's reasonable. Mainstream yes. does twelve hours, yes, and people expect that twelve hours is a set day, mm-hmm. and it's exhausting. And, twelve hours and, is a and long you day. Still mm-hmm. feel Considering that most people work eight hours, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. exhausting, and it's not. You know, it's not like you're sitting there, you know, doing mindless, you yeah. know, just data entry or mm-hmm. something. Like it's it's exhausting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and pushing people beyond that, you're, you're not going to keep the good ones around. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm very, um, and I've had this argument with clients as well. And I've, you know, my crew, um, most of my, actually all of all of my lighting assistants, honestly, with the exception of my makeup artist, everybody who works for me does not work an adult. They only work for me. Otherwise, they work mainstream. And a lot of them have been with me. Like my first assistant has been with me for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that he works with me is because I treat him well, I pay him well, and I don't push him. Right. You know, for these long hours, and if we do end up doing these long hours, I will pay him extra money yeah. out of my own pocket because, mm-hmm. like, I, 
appreciate and value him. You know, mm-hmm. he's so important to me and he makes my life so much easier. And I know if I just take advantage of him and I just keep pushing and I'm like, let's do these 18 hour days and I'm just going to pay you this one small rate. It's going to be like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good people have other options. Yes. You know, so exactly. if, if you put them in a place where they're exploring other options, it's that's on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have some other questions. Um, there's actually a, a few people asked if it was going to be released on Blu-ray or just DVD. Does anybody have, have Blu-ray no idea. anymore? I don't Does know. Blu-ray still exist? I don't. I couldn't answer that. I do know that we're cutting a soft. It's, it's the first movie that uh, Landscape's put out that has a soft core edit, mm-hmm. and we're also cutting um, a PG edit. I think. Okay. So that that's something. And um, a whole. Uh, BTS as oh, well. the BTS is intense. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a two-disc There's set. so much BTS. Well, there, actually, there might be two discs, they were saying. There For might sure, be there's two discs. Yeah. They're, they're already doing the art. They're, are they doing three or four discs, or are they only going to do two? They're doing two. two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was also people asking about um, if there was going to be uh, BTS. And I feel like there's with such tons. a huge undertaking and such an incredibly so intense BTS. production, you have to have mm-hmm. BTS on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, okay, uh... Nadeki Bula, I'm sorry, dude, I cannot pronounce your name. Um, for the wonderful Caden, my favorite porn star ever. Oh. Uh, number one, do you miss the DP days? I do. I do. <laughs> I miss, it was like a golden age. Yeah, I, I know. That time. That's back when you, you had budgets to make movies, which you just had a budget to make a movie with. But we recognize <laughs> that what you guys worked with was very rare. Well, you know what, though? Like, I look back at the digital playground, like, we were doing. We were doing more like 18-hour days for Digital Playground. And I look back, and I was used to it because that's what I did, but I also only shot two days a a month. Right. So it was one of those things where you just energy stores and you deplete yourself and you recover. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know that Digital was doing anything bigger at any point than what we did with Abigail. And uh, that occurred to me the other day. I was like, I don't don't remember being on a production that, to me, outscaled what we just did. Right. And that was that was like a really great moment personally yeah. in my life yeah. to, to see to be know, on the to, other side of the camera yeah. in that situation. Yeah, so maybe there's a new golden age being ushered in because the, the the thing that was golden about digital was these great projects with these you know great performers, and right, right, big grand undertakings, right. and maybe right. that's coming back. Right. This was very grand. That's yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so second question from the same guy. Uh, what are the advantages and disadvantages of shooting for a company like Tushy compared to shooting for your own company? Um, I mean, I, I feel like the advantages and disadvantages often are the same thing. Like, for me, what what I'm finding is, like, a disadvantage is there's so much feedback from Tushy. Mm, I took no feedback huge... from Trenchcoat. Yeah, like, yeah, I didn't yeah. even have comments on the site, so yeah. no one ever... I made stuff that I liked making, and mm-hmm. if people liked it, they liked it, and if they didn't, they didn't, but I never heard back from them right. on it. Mm-hmm. So I never adjusted anything I was doing, which was probably good. I, I was able to you know, do my best experimentation in like a, an undisturbed bubble, right. kind of figure out what I like and don't like, and now right. I'm opening it up to the public to give me some critical feedback. Um, so so that, you know, that's, that's a double-edged sword. Like You want to you wanna do better and adapt to your customer, but on the other hand, like you don't want to make so many adaptations that you don't even know what you're making anymore because you don't know what they want and now right. you're not making what you want. And you also have to recognize too that some people just are just not going to like your stuff. Right. Like, yeah. Some people it doesn't, doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. And and that's that's what it is. Yeah. Um but that that's been the thing that's been the hardest for me. Um okay, and then uh, another question, um is it more difficult as a woman to be taken seriously as a director? I don't think i mean i've never been a man director so i don't i don't know what they experience mm-hmm. 
I, I do find that because I was a performer for a very long time. I mean, I still in, in, I still consider myself a performer. I'll mm-hmm. throw myself in a scene every once in a while for the fuck of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find the people that I used to work with as a performer who are still performers, they don't take as easily to taking direction from me as a director mm. as people who came in after mm-hmm. who just think of me as a director and weren't really personally around for me being a performer. Right. Um, I, I do feel that. I don't think it's because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I think it's because we used to be in the same pool. Yeah. And now they're... I mean, I wouldn't say they're answering to me. It's not like I'm the boss. It's well, just you, you are, but well, I hear no, you. I hear uh, yeah, you. I'm not. It's not like I'm Greg Lansky, where I'm like, you do what I say, or I'm not paying you. It's, yeah, it's more like I'm just like, well, I'm trying to make this. I need you to do this in order to achieve this. Right. And some people who you know, I, I think were from my generation have a harder time. I feel like adapting to that. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it's not. It's not like contentious. I just feel it. If yes. that makes sense. Yes, it totally makes sense. Yeah, I absolutely understand. I do feel like you have a crew that is so professional and so respectful of everyone, though, to where on a lot of crews it is kind of like hanging out to where on your crew it is like, you know, we're actually going to put this thing together. Like this is we're, this is serious work that we're doing and everybody takes it seriously. And I feel like there is a lot of respect around you. So I think you have a lot of good people. I hope so. I, I think when, your crew, I think when <laughs> yeah. your crew respects you, that's really important. Her crew and that, and really that respects her. And that really, um, I think, rubs off on how the performers see you yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard a lot of stories from performers who've worked with directors whose crew doesn't respect them, who are yeah. directors fighting with the crew. Yeah, and then, I've worked on And it like creates that. this uncomfortable environment. It's super uncomfortable. And then the performers don't mm-hmm. want to be there. And then they, you know, and it just creates this animosity, which is just um, infectious, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, and then the last question from him is, do you feel jealousy from some other directors for becoming so successful and rewarded so fast? You know, I haven't... I, I've, As I throw my drink in your face. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Kaden! <laughs> you know, I, it's been actually great because I I feel like most people are really supportive. Mm-hmm. I, I would... I don't know what I was expecting or if I was expecting anything, um, but... I, obviously, I feel like the person who who's been the most supportive is Greg Lansky. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really funny because I, I probably cause him enough headaches. Like I'll come mm-hmm. in, I'm like, "This is happening." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should have seen the great debate over how many people are at the Last Supper. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he probably respects you for that. He, for he having did, your he own did mind. say when we first sat down, he said there are going to be times when you insist on something and I don't want that. And and he said, I want I want to have the thing that I ultimately won't want. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want this thing where you force me into these places. Because okay. um, he wants someone who cares enough to fight for it. Right. Uh, and, and so definitely, I've, I've, I'm sure I have done stuff and thrown fits and made Greg Lansky's life miserable. <laughs> um, but despite... That I feel like he is just this, like, he's the most motivational person I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Like, I come in and I am in tears or whatever over whatever slight thing didn't go right or Mm -hmm. this or that. And he just turns it around and it's just, like, this outpouring of support and Mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. And I feel like if there was anyone who would maybe not want me to succeed, it would be him because... He he's th- this is built on his reputation mm-hmm. as a director. And if someone mm-hmm. else comes in and does it, then you mm-hmm. know that kind of ch- it doesn't 
challenge it, but an insecure person would consider it challenging. Right. Um, and so he's been super, super supportive. And then, you know, there are other, there are other directors like Brie Mills. I don't know her, Mm -hmm. but she has multiple times reached Mm -hmm. out to me on Twitter socially, not Mm -hmm. like DM secret whispers, Mm -hmm. but like publicly acknowledged my work and complimented it, which, yeah. Like when that happens, I just I want to cry. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe someone's like acknowledging me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I have not had a single person who is a director who's come at me with with a negative mm-hmm. anything. It's always right. been either I I don't hear anything or, or it's been right. positive, and it's I I wouldn't have expected that. It's really a, a nice thing to run into. The That's, social media has been ridiculous. The social media response to the movie Brad Armstrong, is over- Jackie St. James, yeah. Brie Mills, I saw, Jules I saw, Jordan. I saw Brad's tweet. Yeah, and it's like people calling me. I still have people calling me like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is so dope. Even like the Brazzers directors, like mm-hmm. Brando and all of them too, they're like, we're, and they even say like, we're not shooting anything like this. Holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like well, I think also too, so you know, positive. I think because we are kind of like the black sheep of the entertainment industry, yeah, we pop each other up. I, and I, I think that it, it really does create this camaraderie mm-hmm. around all of us. And so when we see you produce something that is so beautiful, that really, you know, makes adult look like something different than what most people think adult should look like, and is mm-hmm. really like elevating, um, elevating like the look and um you know it, the reputation overall i think mm-hmm. it makes us all feel proud you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it's almost like we're kind of all in this together yeah so um i think that that that, that connection is important mm-hmm. and i think that like you know we all kind of support each other which is like great we're all like this small little fucked up family yeah but like we all yeah. like love each other in mm-hmm. like a weird way mostly mostly <laughs> yeah, I mean, not all of us <laughs> um okay abigail from michael lee he wants to know if there will be more anal and DP in the coming months. Um, in the coming months, you're going to see three more scenes coming out on Tissue.com. But do, I guess his question <laughs> like is, do you have plans on doing more anal after that? Or do you kind of feel like, like I did it, this was like the epi- the you know epitome, this was my... This was definitely the epitome, and this is definitely the biggest thing that they'll probably ever see. But in, like, the future, you know, I'll never say never. I might do um, some other things, either for myself or for other companies, maybe. Okay. But it won't be like this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He has another question. Um, Oh, no, this is Michelle Lee Woody. Wow, that's weird. They have almost the exact same name. Crazy. Um, You're always exuding positive vibes and lifting others up with your support and advice. Who or what has been your biggest inspiration throughout your career? Who pushed you to always go above and beyond what you thought was even possible and that has helped you grow into the successful brand that you are today? Um, I think, you know, being a motivated person or being successful is something you kind of get instilled in you as a child I don't know if I've ever had anyone of course you look up to people here and there like other performers or people that are doing well you're like oh I want to do well too but I just remember my father always telling me like you can do you know this is really cheesy but you can do whatever you want to do and him coming from a low-income family and building up a business so strong and being such an independent uh, person financially successful that he is today I've always kind of looked up to that going Mm -hmm. If he can do it, I can too, mm-hmm. you know. So I think the motivation has always been there since I was young. If I'm going to do something, it should be the best. Don't aim for, oh, I just want to do good at this. No, I want to be the best at it. Mm-hmm. And not saying I want to be better than you. I want to be the best version of myself. So I think that's, that's the only way I can answer that. I love that. And then um, 
for you, Caden, from the same, uh, from Shelly. Shelly, yeah. Uh, she said, uh, um, you said a, you guys set a new benchmark within the industry. I love the erotic and forbidden storyline along with the amazing mainstream cinematography. It's like watching Netflix, top notch. Caden, what was your inspiration or what were you envisioning when you were writing and directing this amazing series? What do you think the actual outcome compared to what your original vision was? You know, one, one of the things I'm actually very proud of is the uh, the movie matches the script. Mm. Like, you go through, the dialogue matches the dialogue. Mm-hmm. The, the, the words are as the words are. <laughs> the, the shots are as the shots are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I, I got what I went in to get. And that, that makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, really happy because I remember I haven't been nervous showing up to a set in years. Like, I, I think I was nervous showing up to the first scene that I directed for Greg. Mm-hmm. Um but that was kind of it. I haven't been mm-hmm. nervous showing up to a set for for a long time. I mean, I've been showing up to sets as a performer forever. Right. And as a director for my own stuff, the only person I'm going to piss off is myself. Right. So there's not a shit ton of pressure. Yeah. Um, but I remember I had the script printed off and I had all the notes. And in the script, you'll, uh, you'll see, like, these little numbers because I was referencing for our cinematographer camera movements that I mm-hmm. wanted for these things. And uh, I, I was looking at the script, and it's the night before the first day. And it suddenly occurred to me how big the script was. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking at the calendar, and I look back at the script, and then I start look. I start really actually breaking it down, like, moment by moment. I'm like, oh, my God, we're never going to finish this. Yeah. And then I carried that script that I printed off um, for the whole movie. I had it in that little plastic case, mm-hmm. and I had a pen. And every time we got one line of dialogue done, I crossed it off. <laughs> and every time we got a scene done, I X'd it off. And yeah. every time I shot listed, there was a line down the side of it. And so you see these multiple marks on every single piece of, of, mm-hmm. of the script because there were these different steps. You know, mm-hmm. you first you, you break it down on what day you're shooting it, then you shot list it, then, you know, you do your coverage, and yeah. then you're done with it. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and so there's all these marks. And I still have this fucking script. Uh, do you think you're going to keep it? Like I for posterity's sake? Yeah, but like I remember towards the end, like I had the script and I was like, I, th- there was a critical point where there were more pages with marks than not. Mm-hmm. And when I hit that, I was like, oh my God, we might finish this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then like we got towards the edge. I remember there was like the last shot. We had that running shot, mm-hmm. the pickup. And we, we didn't get it. We, we had to move it, and then we had to mm-hmm. move it. And there was this one shot that I couldn't cross off my fucking, yeah. <laughs> my fucking script. I had, a, I had an emotional breakdown and I had to move it. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I just wanted to cross it off. Yeah. Like, wanted- I'm sorry. I can't do it. I no, can't. but we, we, like, I have, I have since had the same breakdown. Like, yeah. I, 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 just this past weekend, I, I just stopped. Mm-hmm. I, I, everything. I just, whatever was up there, I just stopped. Yep. I stopped. <laughs> How many times did you get, cry during this movie? Oh my god, constantly. And, and <laughs> I didn't see you cry once. And you saw me cry multiple times. <laughs> yeah, but, but you're but that's because the, the the hardest part of your work was in the scene. Yeah. The hardest part of my work was before coming to set. Yeah. And and so it was like, you know, I get a phone call and now our location's gone. I get a phone call and now this is happening. I get a phone call and now this is happening. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I I I cried easily six times over the fact that we had to shoot the sex scene at the strip club on the day that we shot the interior of the strip club. Mm-hmm. Easily six times. Yeah. yeah. Like it was just constant tears. In fact, I'm like calling Moss back. I'm like, you have to make changes. He's like, no. I'm like, you have to. <laughs> And I remember going into that day because you were in, you were in makeup at what four a.m. that day something like that yeah and and mm-hmm. we had come off of Sunday where we wrapped at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. and so this was a Monday and I remember going into that day and just thinking we will not come out of this day yeah mm-hmm. like, we're going to go into it and it's going to be like this purgatory and we yeah. never come back out yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 
I remember like when we wrapped that, that was a turning point for me. And it was roughly half the script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to make this. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. going to do this. Yeah. yeah. God, I can't imagine. Well, I would she says that she's stressed shit. out. But you're the most cool, calm, and collected person I, I've I, ever I turn seen. inward. Yeah. No, she seems like, she said she's stressed out. She seemed totally fine. Like, you were a rock throughout that whole thing. To where it's like, you weren't losing it. So I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Well, well you the know? good thing was we did have such a good support crew. Yeah, we did. Like, once we were on set, we were we were rolling through yeah. it. You know, we had mm-hmm. what we needed. We I, we're, we're very lucky to work with a company that was was backing us with the checkbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there are companies who are going to say this is your budget, and they'll give you something that can't be done in the budget. Even I would imagine you, you guys probably ended up going over budget. You know, I don't know that we went over budget per se. I I don't know that we were given a budget. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's true. Um, I I don't know that we were given a hardline budget. Um, okay. That's that's nice to have that flexibility because man, I've you know gone over budget like two hundred dollars and they're just like too fucking bad. Yeah, it's coming out, out of your pocket. pocket. Yeah, I mean it's happened to me on trench coat. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, that's your own thing. Yeah, so like, you're I definitely go over budget. Like yeah, that's coming out of your code, money. Yeah, there were a couple pocket. times when I was like waiting for the distribution checks to pick up, where I'm like literally like paying my company to keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean we pulled through, but Jesus Christ, that wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, no. No, like once we were on set, we we tended to be, we we were really good with this project about letting all of our stressors happen in the place they should happen, which is in the pre production, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that once we were on set, we were we were we were moving, like we were doing our twelve hour days, we were yeah. wrapping mm-hmm. our twelve hours, we were showing up on time, we yeah. were we were never on schedule. It was always yeah. like, oh shit, we have to rush this, we have to rush that, but that's yeah. because we had to rush to get the size of the script that we had and the number of days that we had, right, mm-hmm. right. Um, but yeah, definitely pre-production was a lot of tears. Post-production was a lot of happy tears. Yes, yeah. there, yes. there were such some a shots. Relief. Yeah, yeah. Oh they're just like sometimes you know you pull up a shot and you remember getting it and thinking you got it, but when it's confirmed and yeah. it's in front of you and you have it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's got to feel amazing. Tears. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you think that you're going to be doing any more directing for Lansky? Oh, for sure I am. For sure I am. He doesn't even have a choice anymore. <laughs> Poor Greg Lansky he's stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he's so positive. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel like he's okay with that, considering like how successful this movie has already been. You know, and you've only got two scenes out. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the because again, like it gets better. Yeah. We got better, so the movie gets better as it's, as it goes on. It's already great, and it gets even better. Yeah, mm. yeah. Scenes scenes three and three and four are there. That's awesome. That, that's when, like, when, when I see, when people say it looks like, you know, a Netflix show or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's nice. But I, I feel that way once we get to, to three and yeah. four. I yeah. feel like we're, like, yeah. it's not even them being nice. I well, you've, like you've gotten yeah. me excited about watching porn, which hasn't happened Oof. in fucking 20 years. So um, I'm actually, like, excited to watch these scenes, and I fucking never watch porn, like, yeah. ever. Like, I can't even watch my own porn. It's, like, so, I just want to blow my brains out. It's so boring. <laughs> like, oh, God. Uh, so, um, so I just want to commend both of you guys on like such an incredible achievement and um, I'm so proud of both of you and I think the whole adult adult industry really is and uh, yeah I just think it's I just think it's just just such an incredible pivotal moment and um, I'm really excited to see what the future brings for the both of you thank you thank you so much thank you guys so much for coming on I know you're both super busy and um, can you just tell our audience where they can find you on social media if they don't already know Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter Caden underscore cross and Instagram at Club Caden. 
And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Ms. Abigail Mack. And definitely check out my YouTube channel. You just look up Abigail Mack. It's on there. Awesome. And you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered. Get all kinds of cool perks like watching this interview live. Also some signed prints that these girls did. And make sure that you guys go to tushy.com and join to watch this incredible showcase, Abigail. And congratulations, you guys, again. Thank Thank you. you so much for coming on. And I will see all of you guys next week when I start officially season two of Holly Randall Unfiltered with Nicolette Shea. So don't miss out. Well, that was an incredibly enlightening episode. Um, I couldn't help but just completely nerd out on all the technical aspects of the movie. I know it was an anal showcase, and I don't know, maybe some of you were expecting to hear more about um, the sexy details of Abigail getting a lot of really large penises in her butt, but for a cinephile like me, it was just really exciting to talk about, you know, how they shot the scenes, um, what kind of camera they used, the lighting that they used. And um, for me, it was an absolutely fascinating interview. And I hope that you guys feel the same. And you definitely want to make sure that you go and check out uh, this showcase on Tushy.com because it really is quite a spectacle to behold. 